I'm Annie Apple, and I'm here to invite you to come and listen to my new podcast series, Raising April. It's the most intimate sports-related conversations you will hear. Each week, we explore the journeys of some of your favorite NFL players through the eyes of those that know them best. From Joe Burr, DeAndre Hopkins, Miles Garrett, Ezekiel Elliott, Nick and Joey Boza, just to name a few. With exclusive insights and information, we leave no stone unturned. Subscribe now to Raising a Pro on your favorite podcast app. HD you are listening to a Live Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. News coming in is telling us that prices of commercial real estate in certain pockets in India is crashing. That leads me to ask the question, will this happen in residential real estate as well? And that leads to the question of why are prices so high in real estate in India? This is a special series of Money with Monica in which I'm decoding events, looking at policy, analyzing trends around the crisis as they happen. Today, we're talking about real estate and the peculiar nature of India's residential real estate market. The market is either stuffed or starving. It's stuffed at the premium end of the market and it's starving at the affordable housing end of the market. What this means is that in the premium segment, there is a supply overhang with lakhs of units unsold. And in the affordable part of the market, there are lakhs of people wanting to buy homes at a certain price point, but there is no supply, there is no availability. We need to look at the price of real estate to see how bribes paid from the inception of the story till the time it reaches you, how the price escalates and how much that escalation is. So we need to go back to the beginning of the problem, when the land use rules change, when the land changes from being either agricultural or government and becomes available for a commercial development or a residential development. Usually there's a small group of incumbents, usually it's politicians, bureaucrats, builders who are in the inside circle where either there's money which changes hands to get the land use changed or people know in advance. So that land is bought very cheaply from the owners. And then the price escalation starts. So that's the first step. Once the land is made available, there's already an exponential increase in the price of that land. Now the next stage where the builders are bidding for the project, there is enough evidence to show that there is a lot of corruption which happens as to who gets that parcel of land. So now the builder has got a land, there's already been a cost escalation. And then the next round of price escalations begin. There's a whole lot of court cases from all kinds of incumbents at the local area who go to court to say this project should not happen because of either uh, livelihoods or forests or whatever. There's a whole lot of reasons which people will either cook up or they really do exist most of these end up being paid off because uh, the builder's clock is ticking. He has borrowed money to put into the project. He wants to get the project up and running so he can sell, make his profit and move to the next one. He doesn't have the wherewithal to wait for the judicial process which will take years to end. So money changes hand and your clock is ticking because it's all getting added to the project cost. Now become, comes the third stage of cost escalation because uh, laws in India are so complicated and there are so many hoops that anybody has to jump through that 
the builder has to get clearances from a whole host of entities. Each of these will cost him time and money. Each of the rent seekers in the government, in the bureaucracy, will take their money because, remember, they may have paid to get that posting, so they have to earn enough to justify what they paid to get the posting to become inspector of, commissioner of, etc. Your clock is ticking. You are going to keep paying more because of all the bribes which have been paid. When the project is ready and it comes to the market, the final market price reflects the price of all of these bribes. We have to wonder why it took till 2016 for a real estate regulator to be even born in India. And we have to wonder why today, in 2020, four years later, it is still born. It is part of the state subject. States have dealt with it differently. There isn't enough political will to give us a good real estate regulator. It all feeds back into the political will for change, for corruption. But unfortunately, what happens is that the chain of this corruption ends up at our doorstep. There is one estimate which globally puts the cost escalation in real estate projects at between 10 to 30% of the cost is corruption. In India, I would, I don't think I would be wrong if I said that this cost of bribes is at least 50% of the project. Real estate prices should crash by 50% if we were to take out the cost of corruption. Let's take a metric. Let's look at something I, something called a yield. What is a yield of a property? Annual rent, divide that by the capital value of the property. And that yield number tells you if the property is what, overvalued, undervalued. Today, that yield is between 1.5% to 2.5% in the urban Indian metros. This is hugely overvalued. Property prices will have to crash by half to give a, a yield which is even worth talking about. So, we have to understand that at this entire chain of corruption lands up at our doorstep and we end up being priced out of the market and the builders simply have no option but to price it what they do because of the whole chain of price escalations. Real estate prices will correct finally when the market sees enough political will on the ground to change the way real estate is seen as a sum of black money for the entire ecosystem. Will that happen? It really depends on the political will of the union government and the states. But early signs are there that the holding power of both the builders and the investors is beginning to fall. Because when prices were stagnant for a long time, uh, the story was always that, that prices will rise, prices will rise. And there's never been any metric to say that why prices would rise. It was just this that, oh, real estate prices go up. But stagnant prices also means a price fall because inflation eats away the real value of the price. And compared to what the prices were five years ago, we know that prices have begun to fall. So if you're thinking of buying, you have to remember that yield number and see if the yield is at least a 4% before you buy for investment. And the final problem of affordable housing coming to India and the overall price structure 
becoming more rationalized will really have to depend on a whole series of anti-corruption and anti-graft movements which happen. Will they happen? We just have to wait to see. But we know that the pandemic is bringing to life fault lines which were there. They're becoming sharper, deeper, and will have finally an impact. That is all that I have today. I will be back for more. Do keep writing in to me at moneywithmonica at livemin.com. Till next time, stay healthy and stay wealthy. This was a Live Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast. I'm Annie Apple and I'm here to invite you to come and listen to my new podcast series, Raising April. It's the most intimate sports-related conversations you will hear. Each week, we explore the journeys of some of your favorite NFL players through the eyes of those that know them best. From Joe Burrow, DeAndre Hopkins, Miles Garrett, Ezekiel Elliott, Nick and Joey Boza, just to name a few. With exclusive insights and information, we leave no stone unturned. Subscribe now to Raising a Pro on your favorite podcast app.